0: PAPER 19 THE COORDINATE TRINITY ORIGIN BEINGS This paradise group designated the Coordinate Trinity Origin Beings embraces the Trinity Teacher Sons, also classed among the Paradise Sons of God, three groups of high super-universe administrators, and the somewhat impersonal category of the inspired Trinity Spirits. Even the Havona natives may properly be included in this classification of Trinity Personalities along with numerous groups of beings resident on Paradise. Those Trinity origin beings to be considered in this discussion are 1. Trinity Teacher Sons 2. Perfectors of Wisdom 3. Divine Counselors 4. Universal Censors 5. Inspired Trinity Spirits 6. Avona Natives 7. Paradise Citizens Excepting the Trinity Teacher Sons and possibly the inspired Trinity Spirits, these groups are of definite numbers. Their creation is a finished and past event. 1. The Trinity Teacher Sons Of all the high orders of celestial personalities revealed to you, the Trinity Teacher Sons alone act in a dual capacity. By origin of Trinity nature, in function they are almost wholly devoted to the services of divine Sonship. They are the liaison beings who bridge the universe gulf between trinity and dual origin personalities. While the stationary sons of the trinity are of completed numbers, the teacher sons are constantly increasing. What the final number of teacher sons will be, I do not know. I can, however, state that, at the last periodic report to Uversa, the paradise records indicated twenty-one billion, 1,624,821 of these sons in service. These beings are the only group of the Sons of God revealed to you whose origin is in the Paradise Trinity. They range the central and super-universes, and an enormous core is assigned to each local universe. They also serve the individual planets, as do the other Paradise Sons of God. Since the scheme of the Grand Universe is not fully developed, large numbers of teacher-sons are held in the reserves on Paradise, and they volunteer for emergency duty and unusual service in all divisions of the Grand Universe, on the lone worlds of space, in the local and super-universes, and on the worlds of Havona. They also function on Paradise, but it will be more helpful to postpone their detailed consideration until we come to the discussion of the Paradise Sons of God. In this connection, however, it may be noted that teacher-sons are the supreme, coordinating personalities of Trinity origin. In such a far-flung universe of universes, there is always great danger of succumbing to the error of the circumscribed viewpoint, to the evil inherent in a segmentalized conception of reality and divinity. For example, the human mind would ordinarily crave to approach the cosmic philosophy portrayed in these revelations by proceeding from the simple and the finite to the complex and the infinite, from human origins to divine destinies. But that path does not lead to spiritual wisdom. Such a procedure is the easiest path to a certain form of genetic knowledge, but at best it can only reveal man's origin. It reveals little or nothing about his divine destiny. Even in the study of man's biologic evolution on Urantia, There are grave objections to the exclusive, historic approach to his present-day status and his current problems. The true perspective of any reality problem, human or divine, terrestrial or cosmic, can be had only by the full and unprejudiced study and correlation of three phases of universe reality — origin, history, and destiny. The proper understanding of these three experiential realities affords the basis for a wise estimate of the current status. When the human mind undertakes to follow the philosophic technique of starting from the lower to approach the higher, whether in biology or theology, it is always in danger of committing four errors of reasoning. 1. It may utterly fail to perceive the final and completed evolutionary goal of either personal attainment or cosmic destiny. 2 it may commit the supreme philosophical blunder by oversimplifying cosmic evolutionary experiential reality, thus leading to the distortion of facts, to the perversion of truth, and to the misconception of destinies. 3. The study of causation is the perusal of history, but the knowledge of how a being becomes does not necessarily provide an intelligent understanding of the present status and true character of such a being. 4. History alone fails adequately to reveal future development, destiny. Finite origins are helpful, but only divine causes reveal final effects. Eternal ends are not shown in time beginnings. The present can be truly interpreted only in the light of the correlated past and future. Therefore, because of these and for still other reasons, do we employ the technique of approaching man and his planetary problems by embarkation on the time-space journey from the infinite, eternal, and divine paradise source and center of all personality reality and all cosmic existence. 2. THE PERFECTORS OF WISDOM The Perfectors of wisdom are a specialized creation of the Paradise Trinity, designed to personify the wisdom of divinity in the super-universes. There are exactly seven billion of these beings in existence, and one billion are assigned to each of the seven super-universes. In common with their coordinates, the divine counselors and the universal censors, the perfectors of wisdom passed through the wisdom of Paradise, of Havona, and, except for divinington, of the Father's Paradise spheres. After these experiences, the perfectors of wisdom were permanently assigned to the service of the ancients of days. They serve neither on Paradise nor on the worlds of the Paradise Havona circuits. They are wholly occupied with the administration of the super-universe governments. Wherever and whenever a perfector of wisdom functions, there and then divine wisdom functions. There is actuality of presence, and perfection of manifestation in the knowledge and wisdom represented in the doings of these mighty and majestic personalities. They do not reflect the wisdom of the Paradise Trinity, they are that wisdom. They are the sources of wisdom for all teachers in the application of universe knowledge. They are the fountains of discretion and the wellsprings of discrimination to the institutions of learning and discernment in all universes. Wisdom is twofold in origin being derived from the perfection of divine insight, inherent in perfect beings, and from the personal experience acquired by evolutionary creatures. The perfectors of wisdom are the divine wisdom of the paradise perfection of deity insight. Their administrative associates on Uversa, the mighty messengers, those without name and number, and those high in authority when acting together, are the universe wisdom of experience. A divine being can have perfection of divine knowledge. An evolutionary mortal can sometime attain perfection of ascendant knowledge. But neither of these beings alone exhausts the potentials of all possible wisdom. Accordingly, whenever in the conduct of the superuniverse is desired to achieve the maximum of administrative wisdom, these perfectors of the wisdom of divine insight are always associated with those ascendant personalities who have come up to the high responsibilities of super-universe authority through the experiential tribulations of evolutionary progression. The perfectors of wisdom will always require this complement of experiential wisdom for the completion of their administrative sagacity. But it has been postulated that a high and hitherto unattained level of wisdom may possibly be achieved by the paradise finaliters after they are sometime inducted into the seventh stage of spirit existence. If this inference is correct, then would such perfected beings of evolutionary ascent undoubtedly become the most effective universe administrators ever to be known in all creation. I believe that such is the high destiny of finaliters. The versatility of the perfectors of wisdom enables them to participate in practically all of the celestial services of the ascendant creatures. The perfectors of wisdom and my order of personality, the divine counselors, together with the universal censors, constitute the highest orders of beings who may and do engage in the work of revealing truth to the individual planets and systems, whether in their earlier epochs or when settled in light and life. From time to time we all make contact with the service of the ascending mortals, from an initial life planet on up through a local universe and the super-universe, particularly the latter. 3. The Divine Counselors These Trinity origin beings are the Council of Deity to the realms of the seven super universes. They are not reflective of the Divine Council of the Trinity. They are that Council. There are 21 billion counselors in service, and 3 billion are assigned to each super universe. Divine counselors are the associates and equals of the Universal Censors and the Perfectors of Wisdom, from one to seven counselors being associated with each of these latter personalities. All three orders participate in the government of the ancients of days, including major and minor sectors in the local universes and constellations and in the councils of the local system sovereigns. We act as individuals, as I do in inditing this statement, but we also function as a trio whenever the occasion requires. When we act in an executive capacity, always there are associated together a perfecter of wisdom, a universal censor, And from one to seven divine counselors. One perfecter of wisdom, seven divine counselors, and one universal censor constitute a tribunal of Trinity divinity, the highest mobile advisory body in the universes of time and space. Such a group of nine is known either as a fact finding or as a truth revealing tribunal. And when it sits in judgment upon a problem and renders a decision, it is just as if an ancient of days had adjudicated the matter. For in all the annals of the super universes, such a verdict has never been reversed by the Ancients of Days. When the three Ancients of Days function, the Paradise Trinity functions. When the Tribunal of Nine arrives at a decision following its united deliberations, to all intents and purposes, the Ancients of Days have spoken. And it is in this manner that the Paradise rulers make personal contact in administrative matters and governmental regulation with the individual worlds. Systems and universes. Divine counselors are the perfection of the divine council of the paradise trinity. We represent, in fact, are the council of perfection. When we are supplemented by the experiential council of our associates, the perfected and trinity embraced beings of evolutionary ascent, our combined conclusions are not only complete, but replete. When our united council has been associated, adjudicated, confirmed, and promulgated by a universal censor, it is very probable that it approaches the threshold of universal totality. Such verdicts represent the nearest possible approach to the absolute attitude of deity within the time-space limits of the situation involved and the problem concerned. Seven Divine Counselors in Liaison with a Trinitized Evolutionary Trio, a Mighty Messenger, one high in authority, and one without name and number, represent the nearest super-universe approach to the union of the human viewpoint and the divine attitude on near, paradisiacal levels of spiritual meanings and reality values. Such close approximation of the united cosmic attitudes of the creature and the Creator is only surpassed in the Paradise-Bestowal Sons, who are in every phase of personality experience God and man. 4. The Universal censors. There are exactly eight billion Universal Sensors in existence. These unique beings are the judgment of Deity. They are not merely reflective of the decisions of perfection, they are the judgment of the Paradise Trinity. Even the ancients of days do not sit in judgment except in association with the Universal censors. One sensor is commissioned on each of the billion worlds of the central universe, being attached to the planetary administration of the resident eternal of days. Neither perfectors of wisdom nor divine counselors are thus permanently attached to the Havona administrations, nor do we altogether understand why universal sensors are stationed in the central universe. Their present activities hardly account for their assignment in Havona and we therefore suspect that they are there in anticipation of the needs of some future universe age in which the Havona population may partially change. One billion censors are assigned to each of the seven super-universes. Both in an individual capacity and in association with perfectors of wisdom and divine counselors, they operate throughout all divisions of the seven super-universes. Thus the censors act on all levels of the grand universe from the perfect worlds of Havona to the councils of the system sovereigns, and they are an organic part of all dispensational adjudications of the evolutionary worlds. Whenever and wherever a universal censor is present, then and there is the judgment of deity. And since the censors always render their verdicts in liaison with perfectors of wisdom and divine counselors, such decisions embrace the united wisdom, counsel, and judgment of the Paradise Trinity. In this juridical trio, the perfecter of wisdom would be the I was, the divine counselor the I will be, but the universal censor is always I am. The censors are universe-totaling personalities. When a thousand witnesses have given testimony or a million, when the voice of wisdom has spoken and the counsel of divinity has recorded, when the testimony of ascendant perfection has been added, then the censor functions and there is immediately revealed an unerring and divine totaling of all that has transpired, and such a disclosure represents the divine conclusion, the sum and substance of a final and perfect decision. Therefore, when a censor has spoken, no one else may speak, for the censor has depicted the true and unmistakable total of all that has gone before. When he speaks, there is no appeal. Most fully do I understand the operation of the mind of a perfecter of wisdom, but I certainly do not fully comprehend the working of the adjudicating mind of a universal censor. It appears to me that the censors formulate new meanings and originate new values from the association of the facts, truths, and findings presented to them in the course of an investigation of universe affairs. It seems probable that the universal censors are able to bring forth original interpretations of the combination of perfect creator insight and the perfected creature experience. This association of paradise perfection and universe experience undoubtedly eventuates a new value in ultimates. But this is not the end of our difficulties regarding the working of the minds of the universal sensors. Having made due allowances for all that we know or conjecture about the functioning of a sensor in any given universe situation, we find that we are still unable to predict decisions or to forecast verdicts. We very accurately determine the probable result of the association of creator attitude and creature experience. But such conclusions are not always accurate forecasts of censor disclosures. It seems likely that the censors are in some manner in liaison with the deity absolute. We are otherwise unable to explain many of their decisions and rulings. Perfectors of Wisdom, Divine Counselors, and Universal censors, together with the Seven Orders of Supreme Trinity Personalities, constitute those ten groups which have been sometimes designated Stationary Sons of the Trinity. Together they comprise the grand core of Trinity Administrators, Rulers, Executives, Advisors, Counselors, and Judges. Their numbers slightly exceed thirty-seven billion. Two billion and seventy are stationed in the Central Universe, and just over five billion in each super-universe. It is very difficult to portray the functional limits of the stationary sons of the Trinity. It would be incorrect to state that their acts are finite limited, or there are transactions of super-universe record which indicate otherwise. They act on any level of universe administration or adjudication that may be required by time-space conditions and that pertains to the past, present, and future evolution of the master universe. 5. Inspired Trinity Spirits I will be able to tell you very little concerning the inspired Trinity Spirits, for they are one of the few wholly secret orders of beings in existence. Secret, no doubt, because it is impossible for them fully to reveal themselves even to those of us whose origin is so near the source of their creation. They come into being by the act of the Paradise Trinity, and may be utilized by any one or two of the deities as well as by all three. We do not know whether these spirits are of completed numbers or are constantly increasing, but we incline to the belief that their number is not fixed. We fully understand neither the nature nor the conduct of the inspired spirits. They may possibly belong to the category of superpersonal spirits. They seem to operate over all known circuits, and appear to act well nigh independently of time and space. But we know little about them except as we deduce their character from the nature of their activities, the results of which we certainly observe here and there in the universes. Under certain conditions, these inspired spirits can individualize themselves sufficiently for recognition by beings of Trinity origin. I have seen them, but it would never be possible for the lower orders of celestial beings to recognize one of them. Certain circumstances also arise from time to time in the conduct of the evolving universes in which any being of Trinity origin may directly employ these spirits in the furtherance of his assignments. We therefore know that they exist and that under certain conditions we may command and receive their assistance sometimes recognize their presence but they are not a part of the manifest and definitely revealed organization entrusted with the conduct of the time space universes before such material creations are settled in light and life they have no clearly discernible place in the present economy or administration of the evolving seven superuniverses they are a secret of the Paradise Trinity. The Melchizedek's of Nebadon teach that inspired Trinity spirits are destined, sometime in the eternal future, to function in the places of the solitary messengers, whose ranks are slowly but certainly being depleted by their assignment as associates of certain types of trinitized sons. The inspired spirits are the solitary spirits of the universe of universes. As spirits, they are very much like the solitary messengers except that the latter are distinct personalities. We obtain much of our knowledge of the inspired spirits from the solitary messengers, who detect their nearness by virtue of an inherent sensitivity to the presence of the inspired spirits which functions just as unfailingly as a magnetic needle points to a magnetic pole. When a solitary messenger is near an inspired trinity spirit, he is conscious of a qualitative indication of such a divine presence and also of a very definite quantitative registration, which enables him actually to know the classification or number of the spirit presence or presences. I may relate a further interesting fact. When a solitary messenger is on a planet whose inhabitants are indwelt by thought-adjusters, as on Urantia, he is aware of a qualitative excitation in his detection sensitivity to spirit presence. In such instances there is no quantitative excitation, only a qualitative agitation. When on a planet to which adjusters do not come, contact with the natives does not produce any such reaction. This suggests that thought adjusters are in some manner related to or are connected with the inspired spirits of the Paradise Trinity. In some way they may possibly be associated in certain phases of their work, but we do not really know. They both originate near the center and source of all things, but they are not the same order of being. Thought-adjusters spring from the Father alone. Inspired spirits are the offspring of the Paradise Trinity. The inspired spirits do not apparently belong to the evolutionary scheme of the individual planets or universes, and yet they seem to be almost everywhere. Even as I am engaged in the formulation of this statement, my associated solitary messenger's personal sensitivity to the presence of this order of spirit indicates that there is with us at this very moment, not over twenty-five feet away, a spirit of the inspired order and of the third volume of Power Presence. The third volume of Power Presence suggests to us the probability that three inspired spirits are functioning in liaison. Of more than twelve orders of beings associated with me at this time, The solitary messenger is the only one aware of the presence of these mysterious entities of the Trinity. And further, while we are thus apprised of the nearness of these divine spirits, we are all equally ignorant of their mission. We really do not know whether they are merely interested observers of our doings or whether they are in some manner unknown to us actually contributing to the success of our undertaking we know that the Trinity Teacher's Sons are devoted to the conscious enlightenment of universe creatures. I have arrived at the settled conclusion that the inspired Trinity Spirits, by superconscious techniques, are also functioning as teachers of the realms. I am persuaded that there is a vast body of essential spiritual knowledge, truth indispensable to high spiritual attainment, which cannot be consciously received self-consciousness would effectively jeopardize the certainty of reception. If we are right in this concept, and my entire order of being shares it, it may be the mission of these inspired spirits to overcome this difficulty, to bridge this gap in the universal scheme of moral enlightenment and spiritual advancement. We think that these two types of Trinity origin teachers effect some kind of liaison in their activities, but we do not really know. On the super-universe training worlds and on the eternal circuits of Havona, I have fraternized with the perfecting mortals, spiritualized and descendant souls from the evolutionary realms, but never have they been aware of the inspired spirits, which ever and anon the powers of detection resident in the solitary messengers would indicate were very near us. I have freely conversed with all orders of the sons of God, high and low and they likewise are unconscious of the admonitions of the inspired Trinity Spirits. They can and do look back in their experiences and recount happenings which are difficult to explain if the action of such spirits is not taken into account. But excepting solitary messengers and sometimes Trinity origin beings, none of the celestial family have ever been conscious of the nearness of the inspired spirits. I do not believe the inspired Trinity Spirits are playing hide-and-seek with me. They are probably trying just as hard to disclose themselves to me as I am to communicate with them. Our difficulties and limitations must be mutual and inherent. I am satisfied that there are no arbitrary secrets in the universe. Therefore will I never cease in my efforts to solve the mystery of the isolation of these spirits belonging to my order of creation. And from all this, you mortals just now taking your first step on the eternal journey, can well see that you must advance a long way before you will progress by sight and material assurance. You will long use faith and be dependent on revelation if you hope to progress quickly and safely. 6. Havona Natives The Havona Natives are the direct creation of the Paradise Trinity and their number is beyond the concept of your circumscribed minds. Neither is it possible for your ancients to conceive of the inherent endowments of such divinely perfect creatures as these trinity-origin races of the eternal universe. You can never truly envisage these glorious creatures. You must await your arrival in Havona when you can greet them as spirit comrades. During your long sojourn on the billion worlds of Havona culture, you will develop an eternal friendship for these superb beings. And how deep is that friendship which grows up between the lowest personal creature from the worlds of space and these high personal beings native to the perfect spheres of the central universe? Ascending mortals, in their long and loving association with the Havona natives, do much to compensate for the spiritual impoverishment of the earlier stages of mortal progression. At the same time, through their contacts with ascending pilgrims, the Havoners gain an experience which to no small extent overcomes the experiential handicap of having always lived a life of divine perfection. The good to both ascending mortal and Havona native is great and mutual. Havona natives, like all other Trinity-origin personalities, are projected in divine perfection, and as with other Trinity-origin personalities, The passing of time may add to their stores of experiential endowments. But unlike the stationary sons of the Trinity, Havoners may evolve in status, may have an unrevealed future eternity destiny. This is illustrated by those Havoners who service-factualize capacity for fusion with a non-adjuster father fragment, and so qualify for membership in the mortal core of the finality and there are other finaliter core open to these natives of the central universe. The status evolution of Havona natives has occasioned much speculation on Uversa. Since they are constantly filtering into the several paradise core of the finality, and since no more are being created, it is apparent that the number of natives remaining in Havona is constantly diminishing. The ultimate consequences of these transactions have never been revealed to us but we do not believe that Havona will ever be entirely depleted of its natives. We have entertained the theory that Havoners will possibly cease entering the Finaliter core sometime during the ages of the successive creations of the outer space levels. We have also entertained the thought that in these subsequent universe ages, the central universe may be peopled by a mixed group of resident beings, a citizenship consisting only in part of the original Havona natives. We do not know what order or type of creature may be thus destined to residential status in the future Havona, but we have thought of 1. The Univitatia, who are at present the permanent citizens of the local universe constellations. 2. Future types of mortals who may be born on the inhabited spheres of the super-universes in the flowering of the ages of light and life. Three the incoming spiritual aristocracy of the successive outer universes. We know that the Havona of the previous universe age was somewhat different from the Havona of the present age. We deem it no more than reasonable to assume that we are now witnessing those slow changes in the central universe that are anticipatory of the ages to come. One thing is certain. The universe is non-static. Only God is changeless. Seven. Paradise Citizens There are resident on Paradise numerous groups of superb beings, the Paradise Citizens. They are not directly concerned with the scheme of perfecting ascending will creatures and are not therefore fully revealed to Urantia mortals. There are more than three thousand orders of these supernal intelligences, the last group having been personalized simultaneously with the mandate of the Trinity which promulgated the creative plan of the seven super-universes of time and space. Paradise citizens and Havona natives are sometimes designated collectively as Paradise Havona Personalities. This completes the story of those beings who are brought into existence by the Paradise Trinity. None of them have ever gone astray. And yet, in the highest sense, they are all free will endowed. Trinity-origin beings possess prerogatives of transit which make them independent of transport personalities such as seraphim. We all possess the power of moving about freely and quickly in the universe of universes. Excepting the inspired Trinity spirits, we cannot attain the almost unbelievable velocity of the solitary messengers, but we are able so to utilize the sum total of the transport facilities in space that we can reach any point in a super-universe from its headquarters in less than one year of Urantia time. It required one hundred nine days of your time for me to journey from Uversa to Urantia. Through these same avenues we are enabled to intercommunicate instantaneously. Our entire order of creation finds itself in touch with every individual embraced within every division of the children of the Paradise Trinity save only the inspired spirits. Presented by a Divine Counselor of Uversa.